Well, I think uh, we will get started this morning. Um, just a couple of quick announcements as we begin. Um, some of you know that we got a grant from Augsburg University a little over a year ago uh, as part of what they call the Riverside Innovation Hub. And the purpose of the grant was to help foster ministry, especially with young adults. Uh, and one of the projects that we uh, received some money for was to create a new liturgy. Uh, and even though we've been in the lockdown uh, since March, uh, we have with us this morning Pastor Maida Carlson, who is a pastor at Bethlehem on the Minnetonka campus, uh, and John Hermanson, who is a recording artist. You might have heard some of his music with Story Hill. Um, and we have contracted with both of them to create a new liturgy for us. Uh, and this morning, Pastor Maida is here with us, and John Hermanson is here with us. And uh, the service that we have this morning are the first excerpts from this new liturgy. Um, and we're giving it to you in sort of this very straightforward format this morning. Uh, when we are back together again, it might look a little different, but this morning we're just gonna get a taste. Uh, so I just wanna say a special thanks to Pastor Maida, who is with us this morning, and John Hermanson. Uh, and we'll have some chances when we get done to have a little uh, maybe conversation with them uh, at the end of our service. But I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Maida. Uh, these are her words that she has written for us in our liturgy, and she is going to lead our service for us this morning. So if you just want to give a warm welcome to Pastor Maida and John Hermanson as we begin this morning. Thank you both so much for being with us this morning. Thank you, Scott. This is not the first or last time you MC something where I get up and chat for a while. <laughs> no, this seems to be our shtick, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I'm here for it. Um, and just a little disclaimer uh, that John and I want to share with you before we get started. We are so excited to do this liturgy when it's complete or when it, it has come to fruition with us and gets passed off to you um, in the flesh because we imagine a lot of community leadership. We Im imagine very accessible um, music so that a lot of people can be leading the, the music with different instruments. Um, some sort of breath provided by an instrument that is that is um, played or, or held throughout the service and that's just really tricky to do online. And so we're offering up what we have so far as puzzle pieces and we're really looking forward to um, putting them together later on when um, we have more pieces and when we can put them together all together in one place. So we look forward to that, but we, we offer what we have um, this morning. We encourage you to sing along um, on mute as you're able. And there are some lyrics to these first three songs um, in your, in your um, worship bulletin, worship menu. Um, the, and they're, they're really easy to pick up. John has, has written them um, with congregational singing and all ages in mind. So I'll talk a little bit about this liturgy in my sermon uh, this morning, um, but let's begin with blessing. We gather in the name of the Holy Trinity, who is one God, melody and lyrics and breath. Amen. What if worship begins with blessing, with deep wonder and wide questions, with honor for every living thing, 
as a passage for God's goodness and delight. I invite you to take three really deep breaths before we begin. And remember that the same Spirit of God who has the power to raise Jesus from the dead is alive in you. Our first reading is a reading of creation. Creation begins with breath and word. The Spirit moves over waters and the deep, through dawn and dusk and wild rumpus to bless and call it good. This breath and word are birth and blessing, heaven sown into dust and bone. We are the very likeness of God, rising to tend creation with care, to bless and call it good. Not perfect, mind you. Perfection was never the point. It is goodness that pleases the one who creates. It is where creation begins, ancient blessing flows, and Sabbath rest is found. Our next reading is inspired by the Kyrie in uh, traditional liturgy. It's a reading based on God remembering and the flood story. 
We wait in the waves and floodwaters, scanning the lonely horizon for a sign that God remembers this remnant. The promise feels small enough now, strapped to the wings of a dove until oceans drain and mountains peak. With a breath and a word, God speaks a new promise to our weary hearts and seasick stomachs. I am setting a bow in the sky to remember. I will choose my relationship with you over my urge to be right and my love limited. When we see it, remember my promise. I will not let the weight of my anger choke out the rivers of blessing ever again. The sign catches our questions and worries, sunlight and rain turn to color and spectrum, an arc of baptism, both ancient and new. This third piece uh, we want to share with you started out as a gospel acclamation and is kind of rooted in the physical posture of stepping outside and looking up, kind of like what our bodies do before our gospel reading. It's rooted in the story of Abraham and Sarah hearing their promise. They lived long enough to think they could see their whole future until a breath and a word, get up and go, away from what you know toward a future I will show you, where blessing will flow. Years passed and they wondered, did we miss the promise? Did it miss us? They stood outside their tent and looked up, way up to the heavens, asking for a sign that more might still be possible. Draped in heaven's light, God answered them, gifting new names and a bright future. This blessing is like a banner still stretching, the promise uncountable, both already and not quite yet. Praise the one who whispers 
Look up, look way up, oh see, heaven is shining, revealing a blessing, already and always, the banner is stretching, your beloved will outnumber the stars look way up, oh see heaven shining, revealing the blessing, already and always the banner invited me to preach today on the first chapter in the book of Esther. And I'll read an excerpt of uh, verses 10 through 12 of that chapter. On the seventh day of the celebrations, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him to go and get Queen Vashti, wearing her royal crown so he could display her beauty to the people and the nobles because she was lovely to look at. But when those attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti said no and refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Well, I am not a member of your worshiping community here at Shepherd of the Hills. I am familiar with your pastor, you guys, and I get to benefit from his leadership in our wider church and community. Most of you on this call know that he has been in a doctoral program at Luke for approximately 4,000 semesters. And he's been lugging these yellow legal pads of notes back and forth to the East Coast buried in online classes on his day off, frantically writing papers between his sermon deadlines, all while trying to find new ways to be the church in the age of COVID. You don't have to be a parish pastor back in school to know what it feels like to be tugged in a lot of different directions all at once. I think we can all relate. There is essential work and remote work and furloughed and not enough work. There's volunteer work related to COVID or the work of showing up for racial justice, the work of caring for a family member or getting ready to navigate distance learning again with kids, the work of everyday errands and routines in this season of unknowns and unknowables. Change and grief are full-time work. 
And so I'm grateful for all the folks who remind me what it looks and feels like when we begin with blessing, when we ask deep questions and keep holy boundaries and trust a story that is expanding way before us and way after us too. If you know how to use the chat section here in Zoom, I want to invite you to take a minute to think about a moment where someone has made you laugh, a hearty laugh during COVID that brought you back to your body, or a piece of personal mail you received from someone in the midst of confusing bills and taxes, or a new connection with a person who is also stuck at home or out in the world like you are, a handmade gift you appreciate more now because we're in COVID territory. If there's just a key word from that memory, from that experience that brought you back to your humanity, type it in the chat. Share that story. Give it some witness here. These things that make us feel human because they bring us back to the blessing where we start. I have an example or two of Scott. I have shown up to a tense public meeting with him before and been nervous sitting in the lobby and he's there early with really good snacks that he plans to share once we get into that tense room. Like locally sourced from Hopkins restaurant snacks. I have also been the recipient of photographed, sta collated, stapled packets, highlighted and drawn on, things he's learning about in school that he can't wait to share with other people who might be interested when he could just as easily send me a link to an article online. He makes it personal. He wants me to learn like he does with paper. These are the little things that give us back to our bearings that remind us who we are and how we're connected and what actually matters. Right now it makes all the difference, doesn't it? And so it's no surprise that your pastor had a few ideas and a framework in which to root this process and this liturgy that is still becoming. He brought a deep question from his schoolwork to his first meeting with John and me, and it has been our guiding focus ever since then. What if worship begins with blessing, just like our scripture story? Instead of starting with assumptions that are cultural or traditional, or confessions right out of the gate, or remnants of our Latin chants, what if worship begins with a word and a breath, the rhythm of creation, God's delight for all that is made, these thoroughfares of goodness that are still flowing through us? What if we begin at the beginning, way before our imaginations get narrowed into binaries and false choices? What if we begin at the beginning, even before the work, the labor of trying to be enough and pleasing one another and playing for power? What if we begin at the beginning and we find our bearings and it matters more than we thought it could be possible? This is why I'm glad we get to spend some time with Vashti today. We are so quick to skip past her chapter in history on our way to the other queen, 
the other heroine known for her good trouble in this book of scripture. But if we're going to know the full blessing of the book of Esther, we have to go all the way back to the beginning with Vashti. You see, Vashti has always been a royal. Interpretations of the Hebrew Bible say that she was a descendant of great Babylonian kings. And when her father was overthrown by the Persians, she married Prince Xerxes like an acquisition meant to unify and subdue her people. And by the time this story begins in chapter one, her husband Xerxes has been king for about three years, but he spent most of that time throwing elaborate festivals for himself, gathering a lot of bigwigs and influencers from all over his kingdom, which stretches from Syria to India, so he can flex his power with food and games and drinking. He encourages excess during these celebrations to buy his likability, to make his regional leaders implicit in all of his shenanigans, and to send them home a little bit fatter and more agreeable than when they first started. This particular festival has lasted about six months. And now there is a final week-long banquet with, you guessed it, more food and games and drinking. And all the while, Vashti has been charged with hosting a banquet for the women who are staying at the palace. She's been playing the part, a hostess, leveraging propaganda as gossip that can return home with these powerful wives and daughters to every nook and cranny in Persia. The banquet is finally wrapping up and she is almost done entertaining and pretending and performing. Spread thin by all the work, the things pulling her in different directions. And that's when the eunuchs come knocking on her door. They show up with an order that's disguised as an invitation. The king is requesting her presence in the throne room. She needs to wear her royal crown and dance for pleasure of the king's men. The men who have been eating and gaming and drinking for more than six months. The men who have had every desire met by their king. They have heard yes so often that perhaps they've forgotten all about no. The book of Esther does not include explicit words spoken by God or characters who cry out directly to God for help. But there are all these little whispers and glimpses of God in the story, even in this brief introductory chapter about the queen before the queen. You see, the scripture says this demand was made of Vashti when it was the seventh day. And those of us who read the Hebrew scriptures, those of us rooted in the origin story of Genesis 1, those of us who begin with blessing already know this abuse of power, dangling Vashti as vulnerable and sexual property, is most certainly not what God intends for the seventh day. I'm not sure Vashti or anyone else in the throne room has a keen awareness of God's command for the seventh day, but there it is anyway. And so I have to wonder, could it be that the seventh day is imprinted on her origin and identity? her story and sense of self-worth anyway? Could it be that she knows who she is 
and that her value extends beyond the king's whim or the crown she's told to put on. Vashti is not Jewish. In fact, many believe she is persecuted by her Jewish servants. Some say she was uptight and prude or hysterical or cold, not feminine enough or selfish, hard to manage and a threat to palace protocol. Some say the reason she refused to dance was because she had an embarrassing skin condition like leprosy and others wondered if she had male genitalia. The players in the system were able to come up with a thousand different reasons Vashti doesn't want to dance on the seventh day. All for the sake of avoiding the most likely reason of all. She knows who she is and she can do the work, but she's also had enough privilege to know how to practice a boundary, even and especially in the face of violence against herself. She sends the parade of eunuchs back to the king with a no, a holy no, that is born out of all the possibilities of yes somewhere else. Now we could spend some time with the men at the banquet completely stumped by her buzzkill response, a king who has smoke puffing out of his ears, and this recommendation that Vashti should lose her association to power. They should take away her crown because she's a threat to all the other wives and daughters who might get an idea. But the ways of that throne room are familiar enough still today. Rather, let's go back to that word and breath at work in Vashti. In the deep wisdom and courage it can take to begin with blessing, to honor who we are and where we come from, to do the work and to hold the right boundaries, to say no when it's right without excuse or explanation. We don't know what happens to Vashti after they take her crown and send her off into exile, but we do know the queen who comes next, who is faced with a similar challenge, who has reasons to be both fearful and brave because of who came before her and because of who she is. Esther will hear a word and a breath from heaven in the form of her cousin Mordecai, who says, what if? What if you have been called for just such a time as this? What if you are the ancestor you've been waiting for? What if the intersections of your work and your story and your life and your love are waiting for you to say no so you can say yes somewhere else? What if on this seventh day, we begin with blessing? Finding our bearings and learning to weigh the demands of this life according to God's delight for all that is made and the thoroughfares of goodness that are still flowing. Friends, the world is loud with festivals and banquets and propaganda and gossip and demands of you disguised as requests. But that power is drowned by our power in keeping the Sabbath, by declaring holy no's for one another and the protest of everything that degrades God's delight, fully alive in this generation here and now. When we begin with blessing, there is a word and a breath to tell the truth about what is good and very good, 
how perfection was never the point, how God chooses this relationship over and over again and over being right, how the universe is still stretching with the promise and love. When we begin with blessing, there is courage born out of our ancient story, our deepest belonging and beloved community. It's where we inherit holy no's and sacred yeses that grace the work and boundaries of being enough. This is the gift of the seventh day. This is the gift of today. So may you be claimed by the blessings that flow through creation, carving out canyons of what if and could it be, like waterways through this season and forevermore. Amen. Did the day give way to the deafening dark? Did you fear you were alone? Did the rain turn to snow? Did the snow hide the only path you've ever known? Did you wonder who would stand up for you and lead you safely home? Could it be you were called for time? such as this could it be could it be could it be you were called to be hope for the hopeless light for the darkness love for the enemy John, thank you, Pastor Maida, for your words this morning. Uh, John is actually coming to us live from Montana. So one of the interesting things about Zoom is we can join together from all around the world, I guess. Uh, thanks to everyone who has continued to offer your gifts and offerings during this time. Um, 
at least as I know, as of the end of last month, we continue to do well financially. So thank you to everyone who has continued to make their offerings and gifts. Uh, we continue this morning with our creed as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed found in your worship bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As has been our practice over Zoom, I will begin with our prayers this morning, and then towards the end of the prayers, I will invite you to either type your prayers in the chat or go ahead and unmute and speak them out loud, or of course, you can keep them held silently in your hearts as well. We respond to each petition with, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, even as your world suffers under the weight of a pandemic, racial injustice and climate change, we ask that you would continue to bless us and bless your world. Inspire us with your love that was poured into the world even as it began. Open our ears and our hearts to hear that creation is good and that we, your people, are very good. Let that blessing reveal the best of who we are and lead us to follow the angels of our better natures. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, we ask that your presence would surround teachers, paras, custodians, administrators, bus drivers, parents, kids, and grandparents as we cautiously prepare to head back to school. Give each of us wisdom to make choices for the love of all of our neighbors. Give us strength to continue to be physically distant and yet remain emotionally close. Give us compassion and empathy for all people so that schools would be safe children would continue to learn, and teachers may teach safely. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life, we pray for all of those who are on our hearts and minds. We pray especially this day for the family and friends of Dick Brubacher on his death, and the family and friends of Helen Groth on her death. Surround their families with your peace and the promise and hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all, we name before you all of those who are in need of your presence. We pray this day for Dan, Kamala, Diane, Robin, Nancy, Joanne, Addie, Kathy, Dick, Craig, Angie, Jason, Lois, Tom, for Kat and her family, Chad, Neil, Andy, Galen, for Bruce, Marilyn, Tom, Maddie, Robert, Becca, Shalina and her family, Kevin, Mary, Doug, Norma, Beverly, Dick, Callie, Connor, Melvin, and all of those that we name silent before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Loving God, we now lift before you all of our prayers, those that are spoken or silent or written in the chat. Loving God, we ask that you would hear your people when they pray, when they speak, and when they write. For Ken Edmondson, for successful healing from heart surgery this week, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Manuel, who is back in El Salvador, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who are in assisted living, who continue to deal with loneliness, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Julie Lure's brother, Steve, undergoing, undergoing knee replacement surgery tomorrow. For Deacon Brian's mom, who continues to struggle with mental health issues, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Meredith, Lindsay family upon her death from brain can cancer, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, all these things and all those on our hearts, we lift up to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, as in all things, we place our trust and our hope in you. Direct our days, our words, and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as has been our practice, we will ask everyone to unmute their mic as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive us our trespasses against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the world, the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. We have one more blessing and um, a song from John that is rooted in, in the story of baptism. This is called uh, For Leaving the Garden. The world is mapped by stories of exile, felt in breath and bodies, oppressed by generations, shamed by the very look of ourselves, all goodness is questioned and eaten alive. And also, the world is mapped by a God who goes out, ahead and beside us, and to the very heart of this struggle to answer these questions with love that is broken and poured out. This blessing goes with you into the wide open spaces and quiet corners of your life. 
You cannot outrun the good news. Heaven's belonging and love and light whisper delight for you and this world in endless supply. In the water, in the speaking of the word, there's a promise of salvation to be heard. Oh, my child, I'm with you eternally. I will always love you. You belong to me. There'll be days you can't find words to pray. There will be troubled times along the way. I will follow even to the further sea. I will always love you. You belong to me. You belong fearless and free. Fill your heart with fear Sometimes the simple truths are hard to hear You make mistakes sometimes Sometimes you deceive I will always love you You belong to me So come to me And I will give you rest I'm a stream of living water are fine just as you were made to be I will always love you you belong to me you belong fearless and free you belong to me in the water in the speaking of the word there's a promise of salvation to be heard Though I'm sure sometimes it's hard to believe I will always love you, you belong to me I will always love you Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before we go too much further, does everybody just want to unmute and give Pastor Maida and John a hand and a word of thanks for being with us here this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
the things that I've been sending to Meta really is just so that I have some excuse for forwarding on homework that needs to go someplace. It's it's really a selfish endeavor. So thanks, Meta. And the cupcakes, you know, it's just a chance to order more cupcakes from Amy's Cupcakes. So really, every time it got tense in the meeting, he offered it back up and did a little food pushing. You sure nobody else wants a cupcake? I'm always glad to bring extra. Um, a couple of announcements. So, John and uh, Maida, thank you so much for all of your work, uh, for all of your continued music and ministry, and um, we are really grateful to have you as partners uh, in making this next uh, bit of liturgy come alive for us. So, thank you for the first taste, and we really look forward to more to come. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. Um, you might have noticed our August newsletter is delayed and that is in part by design. We've been waiting for the governor and for schools uh, to make their decisions before we send out our newsletter, uh, making sure that we understand exactly what's going to happen this fall. Uh, so the newsletter will come out in the next couple of weeks. So sorry for its delay. Uh, just a couple of notes about that. We are going to delay the start of WAM and confirmation until September 23rd. And the reason for that is to let parents and families figure out how school is going to work for a couple of weeks uh, before we then add back in confirmation and WAM. Um, and both Sherry and Brian are going to be having some continued conversations with parents about how we will do things some things in person when we can and some things on Zoom uh, when we need to. Um, and so uh, both Sherry and Brian will be having some conver continued conversations with parents about how that works. And we'll send out some more details about that in the days and week weeks to come. So um, Sherry and Brian, the nature walk is this week. Is that right? Do one of you want to pop on and say a little bit more about that? I can, sure. Um, so, uh, basically what this is, this is an opportunity, um, for families to come together, uh, for a, uh, for an opportunity to partake in a spiritual practice. Um, so this is going to be a sacred nature walk. We're going to gather, um, at a park, uh, we'll be socially distant, of course, and we will ask that everyone wears their masks. Uh, families, kids of all ages can come together um, and we will have um, kind of a, um, a, a guide for you. Um, so it'll be part nature scavenger hunt, but then also part time for prayer and conversation. So when you find an acorn, then we'll tell you to, uh, to talk about a specific thing, pray about a specific thing. When you find a specific leaf, right? That kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll be walking around a park, walking around a trail. Uh, and this is a time for families to kind of engage their faith in maybe um, a different way that, um, that they're not used to um, or haven't done in the past. So we'll be sending out more information about this um, in the coming uh, days and a half um, <laughs> as we uh, uh, as we plan and get it all figured out. Um, so we do hope that all of our families are able to join us for that. Um, it will be, um, I think, a pretty special moment for all of us to to really engage our faith. In some Thanks, Deacon Brian. Uh, any other announcements from staff or council or things that we need to have on our radar? Yeah, Scott, this is Emily. Um, yep. We have a lot of choir members on today and just wanted to touch base. I sent out an informal survey on how we would like to get together and a lot of people have responded. So I'm hoping this Wednesday um, we will either try our hand at some sort of 
weird socially distant outside masked choir practice or <laughs> or if it's raining we'll do um a zoom catch up but this wednesday um, i'd like to try something so more to come via email to the choir it'll be just like the tv show the masked singer it'll just be exactly <laughs> the same yeah thank you yes. thank you i'll be here all week tip your waiter try the lobster um uh, let's see, just a note from um, our return team that will be coming out in the newsletter. Um, the essence from uh, uh, the return team is that we will continue to do distant worship, at least into the foreseeable future, uh, with the continued increase in cases and things and the risk of gathering. Uh, we'll continue to do the, uh, uh, our worship online. And so I've been meeting regularly with them, uh, and uh, they'll have a little blurb that will come out in our newsletter about that as well. Uh, Kay, anything from uh, the Faith Community Nurse Department? Not at this time, she says. Not at the, <laughs> from her spokesperson, not at this time. Thank you very much. All right, uh, well, one last uh, round of applause and thanks for John and Pastor Maida this morning. Um, again, we are super grateful uh, and thanks to the uh, Riverside Innovation Hub, Kathy Weimer is the one who has been uh, the point person for all of these things. So thank you, especially to Kathy as well. Kathy, anything from you more about that or? Um, no, no, actually, um, uh, it's just been such a great privilege to work with both Pastor Meta and John on this liturgy project. Um, there's a lot of deep discussion and thought with the three of them, not from me, uh, around how all of this came together. And, um, you know, it, the goal and the hope is to have it be something that's uplifting, not only for us as members and church-going family, but also for people who maybe have not been church attendees very frequently with the hope and goal to make it accessible and relevant to them. And so I feel that what you've put together, Pastor Meta and John, is unbelievably beautiful, uh, the message and, and the music. So thank you. Thanks for your work, Kathy. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. No, honest, I didn't do much. <laughs> a lot, yeah, it's been great. So um, the other the other thing, Dave and I were just talking before you asked that question. What happened with Manuel in terms of him going back to um, El Salvador? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking that, Kathy. Paul, do you want to address that quickly? Sure. As best as we can determine, he had his immigration asylum hearing on July fifteenth. And for whatever reason, he withdrew his petition for asylum. He was not represented by an attorney. We don't know if he was given other options or told the impact of his withdrawing his application, but he was promptly returned to El Salvador. Thank you, Paul. So just to bring everyone up to speed, as you know, we were trying uh, to provide a living space for Manuel in the basement of our parsonage. And um, Nate, 
uh, Lichty and others had done some work to get that ready and unfortunately we will not be able to host Manuel. Um, Paul is going to continue to lead our um, relationship with Amparo, which is the ELCA's, um, I don't know if department is the right word, but uh, the group that helps uh, with immigration things. And so Paul will continue to track with that along with a number of others. Um, and there is also a consortium of churches in the area that helps with these things and will continue to participate in those as well. So unfortunately, uh, Manuel will not be moving into the basement of our parsonage. Thank you for reminding me. Scott, do we know if he's safe or do we have ideas? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I don't think we have really any idea other than that he went back to El Salvador, which is the report from was that from Mary Campbell, Paul, who told us that at the ELCA? Yeah. Based on what little we knew of his claim for asylum, I don't think he is safe, but can't say for sure. Okay. Thank you all. Anything else? Uh, announcements or uh, other, other things? Pastor Sherry, did I miss anything? Okay. Uh, well, for those who would like, uh, Brian uh, sorts us out into some random breakout rooms to have some conversations with folks. And we do really encourage you to stick around. I know that lots of people have met new people this way. And so uh, if you'd like to, Brian will sort us out into some random breakout groups and you can have a little conversation. You can stay as long as you want and feel free to uh, uh, check out, of course, when you need your next cup of coffee. So uh, with that, our benediction. Now, people of God, stay at home in peace and be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor everyone. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.